Yo, 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 what's up guys? Nate Phillip back again, episode number 28. We are 28. It's going by fast, I think. It is, it is. It's kind of crazy, it is. Yeah, we got some stuff to talk about once again. Um, this is going to be an era episode, so we're continuing our dive into the eras. The sets we're talking about specifically are kind of like an in-between limbo. It's technically Watsy still, um, but that that made people, you know, brand it as what we know now today to be the E-series or E-reader era. So this is the last three sets of Watsy: Expedition, Aquapolis, and Sky Ridge. And uh, yeah, what comes to mind when you first think of those three sets? Incredible art. That is, without a doubt, the first thing that comes to mind, and it's not even close. I mean, there's other things that come to mind, like rarity, um, amazing hollow pattern, which kind of goes with the art. But, like, you know, we were going through it now, and just like, wow. I'll save it, obviously, but wow. If I'm not mistaken, I had this era as the best TCG era. Um, When we did our ranking of the eras, and I'm going to stand by that. And I'm going to continue to stand by that for a while until this current era, like I said, could surpass it because of its illustration rares, but like, it's going to be hard. We'll see. (laughs) Yeah, that's the first thing to come to mind. You know, of course, I've always known it as the E-series or Mm E-reader era. Um, Like I said, people, you know, maybe I worded that a little weird at the beginning, but People assume this is just the EX era because this is kind of the the you know spot where people dropped off. Um, but it was Wizards of the Coast. Um, it did continue after Neo, but after these three sets, that's when the Pokemon Company and Nintendo kind of took over and it became its own thing. So Wizards of the Coast ended with the Sky Ridge here. So. If you hear people calling it the EX era, I haven't really heard that in a while, but um, it is not quite. It is just before the EX era, just a little random blimp of three sets. But yeah, the first uh, first thing that comes to mind is just the great artwork. You have the expanded artwork of Neo. Um, they took a little more risky approach. I feel like a lot of the cards here are more of a mature artwork, like like a scary yeah. Gyarados, for instance, like they really up the game. The Weezing's kind of like the yeah, you know. yeah. Like we saw some darker things with Neo, but we didn't really see that reflected in the artwork. You know, a little bit with like I think we mentioned Dark Slow King, but you know they they made it like a little darker vibe. But on here, they straight up made some you know crazy artworks, but. uh Yeah, some of the biggest sets as well. Like, these sets were pretty big for back then. I don't think Mm -hmm. you can even fit Aquapolis and Sky Ridge in a binder. Yeah, it's it's a lot. And then Sky Ridge is 150 plus the Hollows, so 180. Yeah. So, yeah, that's pretty big. We also had the Legendary Collection. We did touch up on that one quite a bit last episode in, return, in terms of reprint sets. Uh, but 
it was also obviously one of the last ones before YC stopped. Uh, it was before the e-reader sets, j- just before. Um, but it was within the same calendar year, more or less. Well, within the same 12 months, I'll say that. Yeah. Of the e-reader sets. Yeah. Well, not same calendar year, but within 12 months. <laughs> yeah. And so. uh, I think they were, you know, there's, if you check the Bubblepedia on here, there was a, I forget what I read. They were planning on making a Legendary Collection 2 and then another set as well. Um, so it's it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's kind of weird how that is. But uh, yeah, so this was the time of the e-reader sets and the end of Watsy. But I'll have to double check on that when we kind of pick up the other stuff. But Watsy had plans to make a Legendary Collection 2 as well as another named set already. So, yep, just... Uh, very, very cool time for Pokemon. You know, the Reverse Hollows and Legendary Collection are pretty amazing. So people were kind of tired of the base set already back then. Mm, but, uh, yeah. Um, also, yeah, what about that timing for our reprint episode? <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll go into that here very soon yeah. with the news. But, uh, but uh, yeah. We will get into that a little bit more um, here soon. Let's go ahead and hop on into that news. There was a pretty big Pokemon Direct. Pretty, uh, what was it? Pretty big letdown. Yeah. (laughs) It was just a couple (laughs) days after our last episode went live. But uh, I'm sure you guys heard all about it by the time you're listening to this. But... People were wanting red and blue on the Switch. That didn't happen. They teased mm-hmm. us. But, yeah, I got a, quite a few other announcements. A new Pokemon live action, which on Netflix. Um, now, this show in and of itself, I mean, I'll watch it. It's a claymation, so that's always interesting. Um, but this, uh, this show itself doesn't necessarily excite me. But the opportunities that it creates excites me. Um, The fact that we're seeing this show being advertised and featured, I think, is big because there's been rumors now for Netflix developing a live action. Now, that's been, I think, since like 2021. Like, I haven't heard a whole lot of, I haven't heard where it's going just yet. And Pokemon's very hush-hush, so... It's going to be difficult to kind of crack that armor to see more news developing. But I do believe, assuming, well, if this show is moderately successful, they'll greenlight another show, for sure. Um, that's not necessarily associated with the mainline games. Um, and I could even see them splitting off and even do like another side thing or like, they can make like an Arceus, like a an Arceus like Legends um, Arceus uh, show, you yeah. know, something along those lines. I could see them go that route. Like Netflix wants to have universes that has to turn into entertainment media, having universes and major IPs like your Lord of the Rings, your Dragon Ball Z, your Marvel, your DC. Um, 
well, Dragon Ball doesn't have a universe, but it is a big IP. <laughs> I'm so hating for that. Uh, but anyways, the whole thing is like the trend now is having IPs with extended universes on the various streaming sites and the big, the big screen. So I would expect something more. Um, I'm wanting something more. What I'm wanting more than anything is a – it could be animated, um, maybe live action. It doesn't matter. I want a more mature-themed show. I'm not talking like an R or an C-17. It yeah. can be a, a PG-13 and still be great. There's a lot of tongue-in-cheek. There's a lot of good writing can create things where kids won't understand, but parents will, okay? Um, I would love, like to see more of that. I know Pokemon is very conscious of the brand, want to be towards all ages, everybody, but I think that can really take it to the next level even further with Pokemon, is having shows like that. But yeah. I'm excited what that show can bring, though. So The way they marketed it, it's like, this is almost, I don't know, it's almost like a, what do you call it? It reminded me of, like, Disney shorts, because they, yeah. they said it was a, you know, they showed one show, but they kind of talked like it was going to be a hub for other shows. And this was just one of them. And they're not going to be like super mainstream shows, but this one was like a little cute claymation stop motion mm -hmm. show. And they might have another one that's, you know, from a small or small studio, stuff like that. Yeah, um, and they just have them all all over the world, essentially, like these hotel. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, just different shows that they feature on the platform. Oh, I see. I yeah. see what you're saying now. Kind of like Disney Shorts, you know. They mm -hmm. a lot of yeah. the producers and stuff at Disney make their own shorts eventually, and they have them all on Disney Plus, where you could see they're all like mini series in a way. But yeah, it'll be interesting to see. I was mostly, which just kind of surprised me, I was mostly um, excited for Pokemon Sleep and the new... Really? Yeah. And the new uh, Poke... Uh, what was that? The... Plus. Yeah, the Plus Plus is what they called it. <laughs> That's so. cool until I realized you have to... It's like the OG Go Plus. You have to click on it. It's not like the gotcha. So it's great you can use Ultra Balls, but you have to keep on pressing it, pressing it, pressing it. And what that does is that just kills the battery. I thought it was just automatic still, but yeah, that kind of stinks uh, if you got to press it. Base, I, you know, I guess we don't know 100% for sure, but other folks, I've, you know, so I, 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 I'll, I'll rephrase it. It's not definitive, but if you look at how it operates and somebody pointed out, and I, I think it's, it's probably going to be true, you got to press that button. Meaning it's going to be like the OG plus and not the gotcha, which means you got to press it each time there's a vibration. And if there's yeah. a vibration, that means the battery is going to die quick. Although I assume it's going to be USB rechargeable. Still. If it's like that, yeah, I won't be as excited. But it's kind of big, too. The way, mm -hmm. they, the way they marketed it, though, is like you can set it and then just put it in your pocket and be done with it. Yeah. This is how they showed on the commercial. But, yeah, we'll see. But yeah, that, that got me excited. Um, not sure if I'll actually use Pokemon Sleep or not, but 
probably not because it's it's performance and results are it's indic it's uh imperative that you press it as soon as you before you go to bed and as soon as you wake up okay uh if you're like me and you have transient insomnia which is when you wake up in the middle of the night that's not gonna do you a whole lot of good <laughs> i'm gonna stick to my fitbit <laughs> yeah yeah i could see that or you have to click it on click it off yeah yeah but yeah i'm interested in the Pokemon uh, Plus Plus, see how that goes. They had some, you know, DLC available right after the show for a mm-hmm. new Paradox Pokemon and Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet got this amazing, like, T-Rex-looking Suicune. Violet got this really crappy-looking robotic Viviline. So, <laughs> Scarlet definitely won that battle. Um, but I think of the two, I think the Violet got the cooler future DLC. If it's what, if it's how I'm seeing it, with the like rainbow turtle thing. Yeah, well, that should be for both games. The oh, it's for both that DLC. I'm, yeah, but yeah, I'm sure the versions will one. have the DLC will have unique Pokemon each version though. That's that's what I assumed. That's why I thought this like cool looking turtle tortoise thing was just going to be for. Uh, the Violet, but I guess I misinterpreted it. Yeah. So yeah, they did announce DLC for the future, one coming out this summer, one coming out this fall. Um, so that'll be fun to play. I've actually been um, sending postcards from Go to Scarlet and Violet, which is a thing now, after they did the Pokemon Presents, where you can use your postcards to get... Um, Vivlion forms, the little butterfly forms across the world. So that's pretty cool. Been doing that each day since they announced that. But uh, yeah, the problem with those games, you know, Scarlet, the Paradox Pokemon go back in time. So they can, you know, kind of make like ancient designs of Pokemon. Whereas Violet, they go to the future. And they pretty much just take the Pokemon and turn it into a robot. So it it's kind of, you know, lacks in the design department compared to Scarlet. But, yeah, it's good, though, like the games. But, yeah, you should just see the Suicune compared to what Violet got. <laughs> uh-huh. So... Verizian is the name. I think I was saying Viviline because I was... Yeah, I would say it's... For... Parisian is a, is the name, and uh, I mean it's okay, but Parisian's a lame Pokemon anyway. So yeah, you can't make a lame Pokemon cool by just turning it into a piece of metal. The first mistake was giving <laughs> was giving you know Suicune, which is cool. You know that's a beast dog from Gen two, and then was it is Parisian Gen four or five? I can't remember. I think it's five. Yeah, it's it's one of them. But you could have done other ones and not that one. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't know. Yep. It's, it's a weird choice. But for real, the yeah. sweet coon just looks way cool. <laughs> and yeah, the, the other does not. The begun. Yeah. But probably the biggest news that people have been taking away from this and the one we're going to be talking about and just so coincidentally happened to be 
right after we did our reprint set mm-hmm. was the announcement of the classic trading card game box. This is a box. It's described as a premium product. So I think Ultra it was premium. Yeah, I think it was already revealed to Japan to be like two hundred and fifty bucks. Probably gonna be seventy five. Yeah, probably gonna be two fifty to three fifty here. Um, it is a nice looking box. It's essentially like a box that you open up and it's got everything you need to play the classic Pokemon game. So it folds up into like a play mat, but it's a play box. It has premium damage counters, premium poison counters, like you know, all the things you'd find in like a UPC, but you know, even more premium. Ultra premium, if you will. So things look nice, but not only that, you get three decks, two copies of each, I assume, of the starter Pokemon, Charizard, Blastoise, and Venusaur from base set. You get reprints of those cards and decks entirely built around them. So, <laughs> uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I... I didn't go through the comments section, and I did with under the in Pokey Beach, um, for this item, and it's it's I, I just started I, I kind of lost it a little bit with one of the comment responses because of the meme. It's like thirty five thousand or two hundred seventy five bucks, and it has a Charmander with the sunglasses, like you know, kind of with the shades down. Like, excuse me, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a. Um, it's a really cool product. It's meant to be like a premium classic experience. Like you bust out a fancy chess set. Like that's what they're going for here. And it is a very cool aesthetic. The reprints are very cool. They got hollow borders on them. Japanese ones, of course, look amazing. Even more so than the English. So it it is a nice collector's item. It would be cool mm-hmm. just to sit down and bust this out and play and feel special. But I don't know. They'd have to price this at like 200 250 tops. And I think they're going to be just over that. But we'll see where it ends so, up. Yeah. Um, so when I first saw it, I thought the table thing was cool. And I was like, hey, you know what? I might get that. It looks so cool. And then I saw the base set reprints. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And, you know, I I don't want to do too much on this one because there's more I want to say. And there's a pretty good question I have for it later on in in the show. Um, So, you know, before I was like, oh, the reprints, you know, I I, I did say in in the last episode, I was like, the reprints are... Sometimes pretty cool. Like I know there's a lot of people that really love base sets, so there is they, they kind of feed that that consumer base. And I'm like, there's not really too much wrong, but you know, they only do it like every in my mind. I was like, they only do it every every few years, really. This is two years after we got celebrations, all right? You are wrong. Yeah, two years after we got celebrations, we're now seven years removed from ev- evolutions. Um, we will probably get another one in three years for the 30th or get something along those lines. So I would, I'm going to be the one to say it. I'm tired of base set. Okay. All right. I grew up with base set. 
I was obviously a part of that OG era. I don't want to hear anybody. Oh, you weren't there. No, I was there. Okay. You know, Nostalgia's cool. It is. Nostalgia's fun. But sometimes when you just live in the past and that's that's all you kind of, that's what you immerse yourself in, it gets stale. Let's, let's be real. That's why we got sequels, nonstop sequels and remakes. That's what everybody wants. Okay. Sometimes when you kind of stop trying to be creative about what you could do and just get nostalgic about what has been done and what worked, you lose track of what the future could hold and what creative things you could conjure up. And I think that the, the table's cool. I would love to have the table. But to be honest with you, I refuse to buy this item. I do. And you see a lot of people simping for it already. And I kind of understand it. Other part yeah. of me does not. I would, I'd probably buy it if it was 200 bucks, but... I mean, we already know it's going to be more than that. Mm-hmm. That doesn't include the tax. If you're buying from Japan, it doesn't include the shipping, which is going to be another 50 bucks. I mean, this item is going to be almost 350 if you're buying the Japanese products. Yeah. This, and it, and this, it's this. like, are the decks even fun to play? Like, are they super yeah. competitive where, like, every game is close and it's, like, really fun decks? Like... You know, that that's a key component, too. Because if I buy this, I'm just going to be, you know, keeping it as, like, a keepsake and then opening it to play every once in a while. But it's like I either go that route or, like, I buy the Charizard, you know, just as a collectible. But it also, also I, wonders, like, how many people are going to actually break this thing up because um, it all comes together. So... I will admit, so the foil pattern is pretty similar to the, to the 25th, but it doesn't look to be 100% identical. It looks to be somewhat changed. Um, now, I do think the reprint of the Pikachu looks pretty, pretty nice, um, but the big three look too much like Celebrations. Yeah. And it looks like celebrations, but instead of the stamp, you've got the CLL on the bottom left. Yeah, I like these a lot. I like them a lot more than celebrations. Um, but I I really do not like celebrations and that stamp on them. <laughs> so these fall in line with like a good, awesome reprint. You know, simple, still kind of looks like, you know, the normal. But... Yeah, it's uh it is a little fatigue going on and I'm even feeling it too. You know, everyone the loves the pattern is different. Yeah, hollow totally different hollow pattern, but Yeah, it uh, is. People love base set, but it's like how much is too much and I think we're flirting with the line of too much now. Mhm. And I would say and there's also other memes where it's like you probably have already seen them in your in your social media bubbles where it's like, Oh, okay. We're just going to go with what magic. The gathering did. We're going to follow Hasbro or Hasbro. Like the, 
Pokemon Company looked at, okay, $1,000 30th anniversary cards. Pokemon's like, hold my beer. <laughs> well, we are quite at that level, but I... Say they're not the charging $1,000 for one pack that you might pull a card in. You know, <laughs> but, like... Yeah, I see what you mean, though. It's It's getting up there more and more. And I think it's rightfully so. Like fans are getting older, we're getting more money. They're making. I get that. They're making more quality products. Um, I I appreciate that. I do. I think you know maybe you'll hear it here first, but I think there's going to be a play with these to actually grade them. If you can get one, even if it's three hundred bucks, there's no doubt that you could sell. You know, just the three main starters for more than that. But in here, there's also all the other cards. But I more so think it's a play because I don't think many people are going to, like, break this set up because it comes in a box as a deck. Like, people are either going to grade the big three and just keep the rest of the cards loose and have an incomplete product, or they're going to not grade them at all, or they're going to grade the entire thing you know it's one of those options we're not i think we're going to see not as many of these graded as people might think because of the set aspect but i don't know it's gonna it's it's kind of a weird product like you you don't want to grade you know just the charizard and then just have all these other random cards i mean if i were to buy one it would be to sell solely to sell take out the cards grade them sell them I wouldn't buy it for myself. I'll say it like that. Um, however, but would you, you know, grade all the cards or just some of them or what? I would probably grade the trio, the Pikachu. Um, pro- I mean, any of the base set hollow pattern artwork like the Professor Oak um, and, up, and the Chansey. And what would you do with the rest That's, of the cards? I don't know. I don't care. I don't care about the item. I don't care having about a complete or inc- incomplete set. I really don't. <laughs> like See, that's weird. This always... is a. It's a hard one to judge from that because, yeah, people won't likely grade the whole thing, but there might be people who just grade the whole thing. If you just grade the main cards, what happens to the other cards? Do they become you know more rare because people don't grade those? Will will people be thinking the same thing and, you know, not keep many of these sealed because the ones that you find that aren't sealed are not even complete because people graded the Charizard? So would you, like, would this be a stonker sealed product? I think it's definitely one of the standout products, you know, just like the EV Heroes, if we're being honest. Like, I kind of think this is... A winner product if you can get it at MSRP, but it will be a long hold. But it's a, you know, being the Celebrations UPC, being the other high quality product, and this being even more high quality than that, you know, that that should tell you something. But all that, of course, depends on how much they make. And they're doing pre orders via lottery. They didn't say how many they're planning on, but. Which is also what I don't get. Like, with the last ones, they've done a lottery with a set like this. It's basically been make to order. Yeah. 
So I don't understand about that. Why include it in your Pokemon Presents and then say it's a lottery system? I hate the lottery system, too. Just Because I've gotten charged, and I've never gotten money back. And it's after two times. Like, So you're trying to go through communication. I haven't even tried to do communication because I just consider it a lost cost. So well, I don't want to do You're not dealing with them, though. You're dealing with a third party. I mean, I'm going through the Pokemon Center Japan. Yeah, that's the that that's yes the the, the delivery services third party though that's charging. No, I'm talking about I'm talking about through Pokemon Center Japan through the lottery system. I have not. They've taken money out and they have not put it back in. Hmm. And trying to like get a hold of somebody is a nightmare because of the language. I tried the first time. I stopped. <laughs> I, I stopped. Like, it's just a lost cost at this point. It, it is. And I'm not, like, doing that with, with like, 50 bucks or with, like, a $40 item. Whatever. It is what it is. A $300 item? Um, uh, that makes me very anxious. Like. Yeah. You should check into that, though. Something's weird. Well, like, it's not, like, the third-party shipping service I'm having issues. They have never done me wrong. In fact, they've been immaculate. It's directly through the the Japan, and the thing is, only like they don't work with every single credit card. Yeah. So I can't use some of my credit cards because they aren't accepted. But they accept Visa, which is what my debit card is, so I, I can use that. I don't. I don't even like the fact that I'm using my debit card. But in order to buy stuff, I didn't have a choice. Yeah. You could get a loadable Visa. I guess I could do that and use that card instead. I mean, if I really think it's worth it. Yeah, it's uh, it's weird with all that. I just hate the lottery system. Just, just take pre-orders and just make, you know, just make a ton of them. Who cares how long it takes? Just, if you're going to make a product like that, just blow it out there. <laughs> So I was going to take a look at it. I I can't get the page from my uh, from the desktop, but I know you can set forth um, lottery. But they're doing lottery for an item that won't really even release until October. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, it's frustrating. Like I'll be keeping an eye on them for sure. Um, I'd like to get one. I would open it and probably grade most of the cards in there and then sell them. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a tough one to say. If there's a bunch of them, I'd be happy buying it and keeping it, which, you know, again, this is if it's like a $200 product, but guarantee it's going to be more. But, yeah, who knows what will happen. You can just build the decks that are in these things. You know, the only thing you're buying it for is just to have the presentation and, like, the product itself. It does look pretty premium, and you got a spot to, like, roll your dice and all that. And it's almost like a, a Jumanji game board, but, like, with tr all the trading card things you need inside. But, yeah, so it's good until March 10th. So you have another nine days, and... Lottery result you won't find out about until April 26. I don't know. The way they're doing this item is just really weird. 
And that's kind of a short period, too. But, yeah, it is just weird all around. <clears throat> I'll go, I'll, we'll go more into that a little bit later. I I kind of want to lay into them just a little bit. But we'll do we'll do that in the session I have for this one in particular. All right, well, I guess we'll pretty much just jump into the main then. We might have some more news that comes up. We're recording this a little early, so we might pop something else in, but yeah, how about jumping into the E-Series era? The E-Series, um, yeah, some of the best art in the entire series, or in the entire TCG. Um, well, how many hollows do we got in the expedition base set for the e-readers? We got. I think it's thirty three, or thirty two. I think it's thirty two in all three sets. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah the the e series official name, like I said, don't get this confused with the OG EX era, but uh, this is the for sure the e series. This is the only three sets that had it characterized by. This thing called a e-reader, which you could like slide your cards across to like scan them in a way. Um, so yeah, you can dig into that a little bit if you want. But there's essentially a barcode on the left-hand side and the bottom side of the cards themselves. So it's a really weird, you know, design. Um, you could tell they were just trying something new. It doesn't really look that good. If you know you're not nostalgic to the sets, um, all the cards have this. The border is thicker on the left and bottom for that reason. And yeah, if you if you're like just starting out looking at these sets, it is kind of weird seeing that. And they do look like you know, kind of almost dumb in a way. They they don't really look that nice, but uh, the artwork is easy to look past that and uh yeah it's it's just amazing artwork the uh 32 hollows so how it happens to be like in the expedition set the first 32 cards are hollows and the following 32 cards feature the same cards that were in the hollows but as non-hollow versions so every 32 cards that were hollows also have a non-hollow. There is some different cards, mm-hmm. though. For instance, like... The Charizards. Yeah, the Blastoise has, like, two non-hollows. Um, to me, it looks like they... For, like, certain cards, like Blastoise and Charizard, they picked a, a card with, like, artwork on it, and then they picked a card that was, like, almost like a CGI rendering of it. So there's there's two of both worlds there. Blastoise Hollow, he's like it's the artwork version kind of underwater, looks amazing. And for whatever reason, they picked the dorkiest looking Charizard in the entire library of Charizards and they made that one the Hollow. <laughs> so they have a much cooler looking Charizard where he's got like his head down and Mm-hmm. and really cool artwork, like fluffy looking. 
But uh, yeah, they chose the dumbest Charizard of them all <laughs> to be hollow. But... Yeah, I'm just kind of going through just give a close up of each one. Like I, I got this on my TV right now, and I'm just kind of going through and just like looking at each hollow closely. I think this Alakazam might be one of the best arts too for Alakazam. This this hollow. Yeah, Alakazam is a good one. Mm-hmm. Dragonite's a really good one. That Blastoise, this is one of Blastoise's best artwork too. Yeah, Blastoise, he's like halfway underwater. The Butterfree's pretty quaint though. It kind of reminds me of the episode a little bit where he leaves um but another some of the heavy hitter hollows we have a tyranitar in here which you know that's one but you also have the mew and mewtwo Mm -hmm. these are considered some of the most beautiful set cards of mew and mewtwo out of you know all sets they got great poses great hollow pattern great aesthetic to them and uh, you're not going to find any one of these hollows, even the least desirable ones. You know, maybe Butterfree, maybe the Trio. Those might be the least desirable hollows that I'm looking at right now. Those are still like 30, 40 bucks. They'll still run you the price of Neos in near mint condition. So you got to keep an eye out for that. The problem is, is like there's a lot of amazing cards. You know, mm-hmm. Alakazam, Blastoise, Charizard, Dragonite, Mew, Mewtwo, Gengar. This is just Expedition alone. Mm-hmm. All of those cards are like $100 plus. So you're Hell. looking at quite a bit of money to complete this set. Um, You know, it kind of continues the trend of Neo Destiny as far as price goes. But the problem is there's 32 hollows this time, which is a lot. There's 32 in Aquapolis and Sky Ridge as well. So, lots of hollows. Yeah, I say Kamiya. I like this Pidgeot artwork with Kamiya too. I like that one too. Like, I've always liked that artwork. It reminds me of. So, this is a weird fact um, that I. So, in third grade, we. I know it's kind of but in third grade, we all did like a report when it comes to like an endangered species. And. Mine was the wolf, because I always loved wolves. Anyways, there was another guy that had, or a kid that had Parajan Falcons. And one of the, the facts of why they were endangered, I've always, always stuck with me to this day. And that was when they reached, like, terminal velocity. Like, when, when, with Parajan Falcons, like, whenever they, like, go nosediving down for the prey, it'd be, yeah. a lot of them died because they would go so fast that they couldn't stop. Like we're we're talking like like 180 miles an hour straight up, and like there's in one of the facts for like there like there there'd be times for example where they would go straight through like a deer, like they'd be going that fast and just like reach from a velocity just whoop, and that's that's how a lot pass. And what I'm getting at with the ominous red, like almost like it's coming down from the sky like this like hellfire, that's what I think. Yeah, it, it does look like that. Like, that's why I like it so much, because it just immediately reminds me of that one little random factoid that a kid said in his third grade 
endangered species project <laughs> that I remember to this day, you know, so we're talking like 23 years ago <laughs> or like 23 years ago or something like that. So, I mean, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's only 35 bucks though. Yeah. Some of them it's weird. Like, you know, you're going to be paying 30, 40 bucks for everyone, no matter what, mm-hmm. even some of the non hollows, but mm-hmm. yeah, they're all, they're not like super crazy price. They're not super cheap either, but you start piecing the set together and you know the most hollows we've had before this I think was 16 and then you jump up to 32 you know that's quite the jump there and uh, yeah pretty pretty expensive cards in there along the way but not to mention the Neo era had the least amount of hollows like some of those sets had like 11 hollows or something like that but yeah, moving yeah. on. Uh, you know, we're mostly obviously going to be talking about the artwork. There's nothing too crazy. There's not a huge mechanic that came into play. Um, the m- biggest things we're going to be talking about is just the artwork of these sets mm. and what they meant as like collectability. So, well, I do want to say one of the non-hollows for the Typhlosion. Um, in Japanese, they were one of the unnumbered promo cards way back in the day. Where he's got his arms open. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if I recall correctly, I actually haven't checked in a while. It's like the Charizard, $300. The, the good, the, the better Charizard looking Charizard too, has like a hollow lottery. It was like a yeah, lottery they, promo. Yeah, that's what it was. I'm trying to think with the promos. It was like a lottery system. You had to send certain cards in. Oh, I can't even remember it right now. But, like, you had to send cards in in order to hit them. Um, yeah. I should add this up. I, I mean, but, it's, it's not even in the set. But, yeah, it yeah, was something yeah, weird like that. Up, yeah. But anyways, uh, I'd have to look up that because it's been involved. Yeah, it's one of the number promos, and you got to send it in, and it's really cool. They're m- much more expensive. This one is only eight bucks for TCG player, apparently. But yeah, the Japanese version is much more expensive because of that. Yeah, this was also available as like the set one of the seven test cards that Wizards of the Coast made before the release, where they have like four position only on them. Mm. so that that charizard could be one of those cards and it's weird like there's other cards in this that can be the four position only and they're all like expedition one of them's like the alakazam i forgot what the other ones were but they were uh they were given out in legendary collection packs but they were actually e-reader set cards with four position only marked on them so that's that was kind of a a weird release but yeah, pretty pretty amazing artwork. I think it gets better with Aquapolis. And Aquapolis was my favorite of the three e-reader sets for a while because of the artwork. So we move on in. Maybe not as desirable of Pokemon as far as the selection goes, but I really like the artwork of the non-hollows here. You got a really cool-looking Zapdos, really cool-looking Suicune. 
what else we got? I mean, we got an Arcanine. He's always one of my favorites. Got a Espeon, a very cool-looking mm. Houndoom where he's standing up on the rock. But a lot of people, you know, kind of think of this set as the weaker one of all three, but I've always had a soft spot for this. I mean, I like the Espeon. Like the second executor, Houndoom. Then the this Houndoom is what's cool about this one is it's reminiscent of what is that Neo Destiny? Yeah. Or is that Neo Rev? It's Neo Rev. Yeah, it is Neo the one, Rev actually. The uh, with the amber like dust or yeah like and background it's like where up at the sky mm-hmm. and on uh, this one it's almost like it's after that scene right like he howled up or just before mm-hmm. that's what reminds me yeah it's really weird too like what they did for this set instead of having the hollows and then the non-hollows follow them they started with the non-hollows and have Ampharos non-hollow as number one and then they made each hollow their own separate like rarity marking. So Ampharos Hollow, it's number one in the set. So if you pull a hollow, its card number is H1 instead of, you know, number one Ampharos. And then the non-hollow Ampharos being 33. Instead, they just put Ampharos as one. And if you get the hollow of that card, it's just H1. So it's it's really weird. This was the first time we've seen like a special designation of hollow cards i think it's the only time we've seen it aside from you know this and sky ridge um so yeah really weird there but mm, once again Umbreon. yeah it's a nice one too mm. once again yeah, 32 hollows and yeah they look look amazing that is one of umbreon's uh in your opinion, just randomly, just, you know, top of your head, what would you say that Hollow Umbreon sits for top five, or just say, like, as far as Umbreon artworks is concerned, where would you think it's, it's at? The new one or this one in this set? The the Umbreon Hollow in this set. Uh, what number is it? I don't think there there is a hollow Umbreon on this one. The 41. Here. Yeah, hollows only go to 32. Japanese, because that Umbreon is a hollow. No, it's the Japanese version. Yeah, I thought a, it was the, it's, it's the Japanese version. There's a Japanese version, too, where it's, like, daytime, and he's, like, laying on the opposite side of that roof as well. Yeah, see, I thought... I assumed it was in this set, because I've seen the Japanese. But, yeah, the Japanese has a hollow, just like the Japanese had the Typhlosion that we mentioned was a hollow as well. Um, They always get the best stuff, don't they? Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that that Umbreon is a hollow in Japanese. I don't think it is in English. Let me no, double check because you got me. Yeah, it is. Umbreon, yeah, Umbreon Aquilus, age 29. I knew it. There it is. 
two thirty. They have that's the top five Umbreon card. I I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm getting yep. the, the H cards mixed up because they did add in the filler just like the other episode or other set. You know, they added in cards in between that weren't hollows. But yeah, it is a hollow. I I don't know. I don't really like the artwork on that. Really? I've always really appreciated it. It's cool. The, the, clown. the pose is kind of <laughs> pose is kind of weird. Yeah, I I really like it though. So, yeah the uh, the only other thing that this set did, it's got some secret rares. It brought the secret rares back. This is where the famous crystal cards were born. It has the crystal Kingdra, crystal Lugia, and crystal Nidoking. Very odd choice. You know, Lugia is obviously a winner. The big one, yeah. Um, I think this is my favorite Lugia artwork of all time. I just love how he's jumping out of the sea as a storm in the background. But, yeah, these these are secret rare cards. They're almost kind of seen on the level of the Shinings. Um, but, yeah, they're they're called crystals because of their crystal typing. They're kind of normal cards, but can use any type of energy. So that that's pretty cool. But uh, I don't really remember them ever being like relevant as far as like playing wise. These were always on the radar of collectors, though. Not anywhere close to the level of Shinings, obviously. But they were on the radar. These were often seen as like the end goal of your set collection these were always very expensive i remember when i started back collecting pokemon like you know we're talking i don't know this is probably 2011 where i had been back into it for a couple years and then really started getting serious again i collected the shinings and i'm like man i'm never going to own those crystal cards they're too expensive and they were like couple hundred bucks for like a PSA 9 or something like that. I just remember them being like just buying the whole set of 9 and the Charizard was like $300. Like no way am I ever going to afford that. <laughs> so they were always like the cards that were above the rest, you know, until you got to gold stars. So really uh, really cool concept. That does continue into Sky Ridge. There was three in this set and six in Sky Ridge. Uh, they once again continued with the weird Pokemon selection and Sky Ridge, but there are a couple good ones for sure. Guess we'll go ahead and talk about that, though, huh? Yep, yep, yep. I'm say I um well. I'm gonna see if there's anything to say about these. Uh, crystals a little more. The only thing I, I wanted to say was um, in this set, they really u- utilize, and you kind of saw it a little bit with uh, Sky Ridge, they really use like the realistic art a lot more, I feel like. But it blended well with the hollow patterns and the backgrounds that they use. It was very successful. 
Whereas a lot of times they'll do that art and it fails as modern product, it, at least I feel like. It doesn't, the execution fails of it. But these worked out perfectly, especially with the crystal, like with the Kingdra. It still is just incredible to look at, even though the eye, it's like a CGI sort of rendering. Yeah. There's just such a variety of artwork. Like you have some CGI blend with real scenes, some mm-hmm. like hand drawn stuff, some cartoony drawn stuff, like Kamiya. Like you just have such a wide variety. And I guess we always have that now, but this was really the first time, you know, where we just saw a set with just all kinds of different artworks. So. I mean, pretty much all the way through Neo, you had kind of the same themes. The gym sets really changed it up, but you kind of, you know, if you just show a picture of a gym set card, you can kind of tell it fits into that theme. On this, it's like all over the place, and it's really, really nice to see. You never know what you're going to get when you just pull out a random card of the set. Mm-hmm. So. But yeah, moving on into Sky Ridge, I mean kind of continues there's not much else to say other than touching up on the artwork um they did release like i said six crystal cards this time around we have celebi good choice charizard obviously the best out of all of them by default it does have a really nice artwork though too i really like the charizard like it's almost like a cartoony charizard pose but it actually looks good, the pose that he's in. So mm-hmm. I've always liked this Charizard. You have Crobat. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> then you have Golem. One I, I think this is the... Yeah. <laughs> I bet we're going to say I, the same thing. I always love yeah. this card, and it probably stands out. I think out. it's the best artwork out of all of them, is what I think. Yeah, it's a really good... I was going to say it's a weird choice, but I like this artwork a lot. Not my favorite, but they did Golem some justice. The best Golem card by far. Name another yeah, Golem gonna... card. Exactly. <laughs> there was another one I saw, because we just saw it in uh, Base Set Expedition. The Golem there, I, I, I do like. Yeah. It's like uh, where the wild things are sort of artwork. Golem is low-key one of those Pokemon you just forget about. Mm-hmm. Like, you have Geodude, and then you have Graveler, and then you have Onix, which people always assume Geodude evolves into. But Golem's always that problem child where you got to trade evolve him. But he's not as cool as Gengar, so not everyone does it just because it's cool. <laughs> he's just kind of Golem. But, yeah, other choices, you have Ho-Oh. This is one of my favorite artworks right here. This Ho-Oh is awesome. It's kind of weird at first because it's, like, off to the side and he's looking down on, like, ancient plans of, like, a flying device. But it really grew on me, and I really love this artwork. So, banger choice there. You got Ho-Oh and Lugia as crystal cards. And then the last one goes to Kabutops. So, another weird one there. But, uh, 
Yeah, I'm just going to kind of skim through, shout out some artworks if you see any that peek out to you. Got another oh, Alakazam right, and Arcanine. Yeah, I like this Arcanine. The Alakazam's okay, but the Arcanine I really like. It's the artwork itself that I like, this sort of ancient, like, cartoon-style drawing. <laughs> it's hard to describe it, yeah. but that's how I would describe it. Like this a ancient Asian style of artwork is kind of what it reminds me of. Yeah. I love the legendary birds and these sets. Aquapolis yeah, the, had Zapdos, which is a really cool artwork. And then this has Articuno and Moltres, which I just think I love their poses. They look like strong, majestic Pokemon. And just really the Articuno is pretty good. Yeah, the Articuno is pretty good. It's like going through a some sort of tower or something. Yeah, and I think in the Moltres you can see the tower in the background. But got the famous scary looking Gyarados. I say the Crobat. I I like a Crobat in this one. Yeah, Crobat's pretty cool. I almost bought that at E Heady Gaming the last time I was there. It was like twenty bucks or like thirty bucks, I think. I was like, but do I really want it? And I was like, at the time, no. Like, I really didn't. <laughs> yep, continues yeah. with classic artwork, and unfortunately, this was the last Wizards of the Coast set. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that Gyarados is incredible. That's one of the best Gyarados artworks. I've always had mixed feelings for it. I really like it. It's okay because you can like see his body in the background, but it always mm -hmm. weirded me out how he was like just staring directly at you. Like it doesn't really show off. Like his I liked it. I think, but it was so unique because it one thing that the animation and like the lore and story have always really set forth with Gyarados was. So, like, the Magikarp was docile, and, but the Gyarados was absolutely full of rage, in part because of how it's treated as a Magikarp, and just, you know, its role, like, when it is a Magikarp. So, it, it just has its own unadulterated, un... this trauma, I guess you could say, and it's just projected out. And you see that pure rage and anger just staring back at you. And I think it really encapsulates, encapsulates a section of Gyarados' personality. Yeah, no doubt it captures him very well. But, uh, yeah, just yeah. maybe a little too much for me. Does it but intimidate you, Nathan? <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> it's mostly, like, literally just because he's facing directly... At yeah. you, it just looks weird, and not many Pokemon do that. It's like when you like you know never look directly into the camera. It's just kind of one of those things for me. My favorite Gyarados. Well, can you see if you can guess it? It's from a Watsy set. Uh, it's probably Shining Gyarados. Nope. No, from a Watsy set, not the Shining Gyarados. I, is it base set? Are you, are you, are you, are you that basic? <laughs> nope, it's not base set. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I, I put gym heroes maybe. I'd put the shining Gyarados on the level as this one. Like I love the card, it represents him well, but I I'm just not in love with it. I know a lot of people are. Especially with the lore behind the you know, red Gyarados in the games. Yeah. But my favorite Gyarados is Misty's Gyarados. I said it had to be one of the gem heroes or the gem sets if it was a Watsy one he liked. Yep. The one where he's like curled up but kind of posed off to the side. Like mm-hmm. that one, I think it's essentially the same design as this, but like from a different angle, really showing his rage. But yeah, I, I like that card a lot. I had a first edition of that card absolutely mint that I had, you know, back in those early days, 2011. Traded to a friend for the non-first edition and then, like, a bunch of other stuff. So, made progress for my collection, but I know he got rid of that card without grading it. That thing would have graded a 10 when I had it, I know. Like, it was, like, my most immaculate card. I think I pulled that myself. Um... I think I told the story where I went to my old game shop, you know, when I got back into it and they still had gym heroes and gym challenge packs, first edition that he was selling for like 10 bucks a piece. And from that box, like he had booster boxes of it and where I like me and my buddies could visit that store multiple times over the course of months and buy those packs and I I pulled a first edition Blaine's Arcanine, first edition Misty's Gyarados. My friend pulled a Blaine's Charizard. Like, everything. <laughs> it was awesome. But, those days are over. That's pretty crazy to think about that there's places just, you know, 2010, you could still do that at. Yep. He's actually the guy I reconnected with in 2020. So I reached out to him, said, hey, you got any more Pokemon? Um, and he actually did. He had a binder of cards that he still had that was in his shop probably in the 90s and all those years ago. And he still had the prices on them from that time period. So he actually dug it up. And he's like, you can go through it if you want. I think I have a video of like what I bought from him. But I remember you telling me, yeah, I remember you showing me, but you got from a character that was good. Yeah. From it. And that was like, you know, what do you want for all these? Like, what do you want for the whole binder? It's like, well, we'll have to add it up, you know, just whatever they're marked, which is what he had marked them in the early 2010s. <laughs> so I was buying, you know, I bought like a, a, which Charizard was it? There's a Charizard in there, like a, a Japanese one, but he had it for like 50 bucks and it was like going for a hundred. So it wasn't like super crazy, but definitely worth buying everything that was like decent condition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. One of those few times where you're able to luck out, we can't really do that anymore. Yeah. It was funny because and- he's like, yeah, the, the Japanese stuff's priced a little lower because nobody liked that, and that was true. Like you didn't, you never wanted the Japanese cards back when you were a kid, and they were but a lot now cheaper. You... Mm-hmm. <laughs> but 
Yeah, he still had them marked that way. So, yeah, definitely weird. What the best thing about that was, I was able to like sit down with him, one on one. Like, I just flipped through this binder as I pulled the card out. He wrote down the price, and like we just talked. And you know, he's a dude that's in his sixties, and I remember going in there when I was like eight years old, just getting so excited to buy a card from his wall and. You know, still the same guy, same store, same location. But, yeah, so that was the best thing about that. Shout out to not just comics. <laughs> <laughs> um, this Magneton is pretty amazing with its hollow. Maybe it's the photo with the light. But that is just like... It looks alien. I okay, almost see Dragon Ball Z space pods. 19 out of 144 for Skyridge. Hell yeah. I was looking at the other one. It's a. Uh, so that's really. Man, that is a weird scan they have of that card. It's, throw, it's gotta be. It's, gotta, it's either light or something, but like, it is crazy looking. <laughs> it, looks, it looks fake. Like, that's not the hollow pattern that's on the card. It almost looks like glittery pattern. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you guys want to look, go look at Pokey Lecter's scan of Magneton Sky Ridge, nineteen out of one forty-four. It looks like they scanned a fake that had like a confetti hollow, but yeah, that's definitely not the hollow pattern. But it's supposed to be him looking into like a crystal glass ball, and him seeing himself. So that's what that looks like. And it's weird, like, the sky and the grass make the glass balls look like Pokeballs in a way. But yeah, it's a really, really cool artwork. Trying to find him. Trying to find him down low. I think he's got, should have the non-hollow somewhere. That Polyrath is pretty good with Aerodactyl in, in the background. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yep, some amazing things. Raichu looking like he's glowing in the dark. But, yeah, the one one other thing I wanted to touch <gasps> on, you know, with these sets, you know, they're like we said, and obviously you can tell there really isn't much to talk about. It's just another set, just unique with the artwork. But... As far as collectability goes with these, you know, they're, you can commonly find them today in decent condition. They're, they're hard to find in general, but if you do find them, odds are, for some reason, these cards are in better condition than most other Watsy stuff you find. Granted, that's why they're so expensive, because, like, I think there's less of them made. Pokemon wasn't, you know, it was kind of trickling down at this point. But, uh, yeah, for some reason, the card stock on these were really, really good. You could tell. I think they, they, Go ahead. Honestly, I think they did that on purpose because of what its use was supposed to be for. Yeah. It's kind of it's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, you can you definitely know, swipe see them, the like, shift the from Boy. Neo to this. Yeah. But, yeah, it's That's like either I, you find these cards, like, totally destroyed or, like, really good condition. 
But yeah, collectability wise, people love them. They're definitely good sets to buy. A lot of people don't collect into this. Most people, you know, only want the originals. Most people who want more usually stop at Neo. I I have these complete sets, you know, as non-hollows. I don't have the hollows though. It's just one of those things like if you buy the non-hollows, you get all of the artwork right there. So it's not like other sets where you're missing some cards. So maybe I'll buy them eventually, but I just wanted to have them for the artwork, so I have the non-hollow sets. Yeah, like the non-hollow sets, you can do, you can get for a decent price, honestly. And like I've contemplated going into these sets too because of the amazing artwork. And right now, it's just too much to chew. Right now, with all the other stuff I kind of have as goals, and it probably will be something I will do because, let's face it, once I complete the Neo sets and like get some of my Grails, I'd be like. Am I done? <laughs> like, the whole thing with modern is fun to just kind of collect, but like, most of modern isn't needed for core collection. And I like collecting ultra modern because it's cheap. You can go to any, you can go to a lot of stores, get an illustration rare, server illustration rares for under like five, ten bucks, and it's fun because you're you're enjoying the hobby on the cheap, and you're just and you have this amazing artwork. Yeah, you can. So that's how I see a lot of the ultra modern cards is like that. Um, so, but like my core stuff is basically stuff that is some of my favorites. And obviously that's the Neo, Neo Destiny, Neo Rev, and even some of the e-reader sets. But haven't quite decided just yet, so we'll see. That's exactly how I think of it too. Like it's one of those things that's there. It's like, okay, if I have nothing else to collect... Maybe every paycheck, I'll just buy one of these. And 92 mm-hmm. paychecks later, or 96 paychecks <laughs> later, I'll I'll have it done, and then I'll be done. Like, yeah, <laughs> over a period of, like, half a decade or, like, a, a, a decade, you know? That's yeah. kind of what I'm thinking. That's kind of how, how I was seeing it as. It's something because it is pricey. You can't do it all at once. And, like, you know, the crystals, like, the crystals do get really, really pricey. Is the hollows, yes. If you get near mint and some of them, yeah, they can be a couple hundred bucks. But they're doable. But like, you know, the Lugia crystals, about a grand. All the Almost all the others are like four or five hundred, you know. So it See, adds up with those. That's why it's bad with me, though. Because, like, I have those. Like, I do have the crystals. So I guess I mm-hmm. do have the hollows there. But it's like it's just the normal hollows that I'm missing. So it's like, yeah, part of me just wants to just get it done, go for it. But. Yeah, it, it'd be a fun project to where, like, if I was done and didn't want to collect things, it's like, okay, so this week's card is this, and I can spend, like, two weeks, you know, a pay period searching for the one card that I want to buy and then buy it and then wait for that yeah. to come into the mail. And then next paycheck, search for one other card and, like, really All take right. my time with it. Yeah, and just get lightly nothing lower than highly played. Yeah, it would be yeah, it'd be fun to like prolong my collecting in like a slow way. That would be fun where I could still search on eBay every every other week, do some digging. But I guess that's pretty much it to really mention about the sets themselves. Did you have anything else you wanted to touch on? I don't really think so. Like, we kind of mentioned, you know, a lot of times the things that set these sets apart is their artwork, and that's 
in my opinion, beyond the fact that they're also the last era of Watsy, I feel like the most notable things that these cars contributed to the Pokemon TCG is its its artwork. Yeah. And I think you will find as far as you, know, you can take any maybe Sky Ridge or Expedition and Sky Ridge especially, you could argue that, you know, that's probably a top five set artwork all time. Yeah. A lot of people think these are the top. <laughs> mm-hmm. And yeah, it- Easily see why once you get to digging through them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But, yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up there. We'll just jump into questions. You know, I kind of had the question last episode. Um, not really having one this episode, but I understand you got one. Oh, don't worry. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's We just, got you covered. Let's just jump into your question. Okay. Is Pokemon entering magic territory with their clear abuse at base heads hold on the community? Clear abuse. <laughs> clear abuse. He's, he's Reparations. I'm tired of it. <laughs> 275 bucks for a lottery. Not even made to order like previous Japanese collection boxes, like the 25th anniversary and the That's just collector box. That, yeah, uh, like, I feel like they're, they're going to change it. They did with the Ashes Collector's Box. They changed it with the uh, period you were allowed to submit your orders. And maybe they're going to do that again with this one. And it's basically a make-to-order, but we're trying to get people to impulse buy. I don't know. But, I mean, who knows? It's probably part of it. I mean, at this point, this is the first time I can say with the Pokemon Company... The first real time I can say it's a cash grab, more or less. That's exactly what what it is. And it's hard for me to view them in a different light once I see this. I've always kind of saw them as very fatherly, almost parent, like, you know, lovingly, almost like a parent amongst its its consumer base. Yes, we are the cash cows. We give them money. I, I totally get that. Yeah, they don't get the same quality for American products, but you know what? That's more or less the way things are in America, unfortunately, with modern products, with the throwaway culture. That's just kind of how it is. So I don't view, I don't hold that against them. However, this draws a line at that. And clear abuse. I, <laughs> clear abuse on the community. <laughs> Somebody think of the children. Uh, no, that's that's. I'm the sentence too, by the way. <laughs> uh, but I feel like we're entering that territory. Um, I know other people don't quite believe that. Some people do. It's like you know, I've noticed now amongst elite forum subs, amongst various subreddits, it seems like either it's a very vocal portion of the community or it's a growing portion of the community that is starting to have this opinion. Obviously, it still sells. But a lot of people that are going to be buying this are going to be more of your more passionate people, right? You would think. People that yeah. might have more individuals who are base set jaded. There's people, they're taking advantage in some ways, the folks that feel like they have to add it because it's the base set Charizard. But how many times do you reprint it? Like on, a, on our post that we had, we had, what, nine base set Charizards? 
Nine yeah, stars. Yeah, more than that. But yeah, well, not. and then go ahead and add this one to it. And we'll get, I guarantee you we're going to get another one before the end of the decade. Hell, we might even get one this Christmas. Besides this one. <laughs> you get a two-for-one yeah. sale. <laughs> so my thoughts on it, it is a little much, obviously. Um, it wouldn't be too much if they spread the love. Like, like we said before, it's not just, you know, oh, here's another base set. It's like... We've never had a Johto equivalent thing ever. Mm-hmm. Johto Lugia. The, yeah, the, the oh, other man. most iconic card, you know, never has had a product like this. Maybe they're worried it won't sell as much, but maybe we think it will because we're in our social bubble where everyone loves Neo and that's just not the norm. I don't know, but... I don't know. They're they're not heading in that direction yet, I don't think. They're experimenting, obviously. They're kind of in a weird period where they're just trying to, like... I don't know. It almost seems like there's no sense of direction aside from the normal set releases. They're just like, oh, yeah, let's, let's make... What if there was a box and you had three OG decks in it? Yeah, let, let's make that. What about what about enough. this? Oh, I've heard yeah. enough. Yeah, let's, let's market it right now. Slow lottery right now. Three hundred bucks. <laughs> yeah, that's that's almost what it seems like. It's like such a random array of products. And they're like Charizard, people like Charizard? Ultra premium Charizard. I I don't know, it's just it's a really weird cycle of products and Maybe they went to the UPC. Maybe this is like just a slow process. They tried it with the UPC. People bought them up, couldn't get enough. People loved them. So now they're they're trying to make like a premium product that is nice, but it's not so premium where people get mad. Um, I don't think people are mad at this product for being, you know, as expensive as it is and as premium no. as it is. They're mad because it's another base set you know it doesn't feel like it's a premium collection when we just got a charizard i know the hollow pattern is different it has like stars instead of like bubbles but like i know it's different but the aesthetic looks pretty similar it does and it doesn't feel like we're trying too hard here it's like okay let's look at our various other hollow patterns that we've used in the past and that we've experimented with. Because, you know, they're just constantly experimenting with, like, foil patterns. It's obvious based on the Japanese reverse hollows just constantly changing. Like, they always incorporate, like, something new, it, it seems like. So they're obviously experimenting with foil patterns regularly. And I think that's great that they're doing that. But when that's really the only difference that we're getting is and we're getting some other base set cards... It's frustrating because I wouldn't be upset if they had the OG trio, but also had like these e-reader sets or one of the Neo sets or maybe an e- one now of the EX style card. Might be too soon for that, but like there are other things that they can do that it could incorporate other eras without draining the milk cow that they have that is base set. And I think they have to be careful because I know there's a lot of fringe people 
that do buy these items and they just care about it, buy and appreciate the item. And a lot that's how a lot of people buy their products, their, their English TCG products, a lot of the same way. A lot of people just oh, I'm just going to buy a box. And there's a lot of people like that. And that's completely fine. The problem is there's also a lot of people and the core people in your base, the folks that are going to keep on giving you money even after this potential wave of people that we have might simmer down a little bit, might kind of have less people in the next few, few years. Yeah. And it's going to be us. Well, not so much us with the English product, but other people <laughs> that are going to be buying it. Your hardcore people, your more dedicated people, your more passionate people. And I do think people are still buying it is the issue, but some of that is because, oh, it's steel stonks, stonks. They're, get, they're getting sidetracked by the potential money of resale value, and they're not thinking necessarily about the quality of your product, but they're getting distracted by the potential number signs is yeah. kind of what I think when I, I read about this. And I just worry that what if we do have, okay, so right now it's, 275 but then what's going to happen for the for the 30th anniversary okay a 500 dollar um base set 102 cards plus energies all hollow with a special hollow and you this premium one for one before time never before seen numbered collection just like like that you're on some sort of qvc infomercial you know with like coins or something i, I don't know see but, here's, here's my thing though with that i think that's okay like, I think they're okay for making a premium product. If they made a $500, like, full base set, special hollow, never before printed, like, that'd be an okay product. It probably would be too much for me, but at least you know what you're getting and you're doing that. But going back the to the question idea. where, like, it goes to magic, like, that's a whole new thing there. Because Pokemon's equivalent to be that, they would have to make a a pack of cards that's like four cards per pack, and you had maybe a one out of ten chance of pulling like I can't even say Charizard because we have so many reprints of it, but say like a, a trophy Pikachu card. Like they reprinted the trophy Pikachu cards for the first time ever. And you had a one in ten chance of pulling them, but the packs were a thousand dollars. So you paid a thousand dollars for a pack to maybe get a reprint of one card you like, but the odds are still not in your favor. Like that's magic level, right there. What I was getting at was talking about that item is is it's basically the same shit with the different foil. That's basically exactly what it is. I mean, it's not the price point. I would spend a grand if it were like various, very special hollow of the Watsi era. Like the top 25 cards from like the Watsi era and a brand new, never before used foil. Some sort of premium, but it's like 500,000 that you can have like hung up or in cards and whatever. And your binders. Something neat like that. I would be all for something like that. Absolutely. That's something I could appreciate. The problem is is the lack of creativity with the $500 price tag that I have issues with. And just assuming that people are going to buy it just because it's base set. 
Yeah. The problem is that we kind we kind of mentioned this with their games is like Pokemon is not even trying anymore with their games or game fruit. Yeah, I I see what you mean. Like it's definitely wearing down, but another thing with the magic thing is like the the card that people were chasing was a card that's never even been reprinted because it was like, you know, the Black Lotus and mm-hmm. Magic's thing is is like you know those cards are to never to be reprinted, but that's another aspect because Magic is mostly on the playable side where Pokemon is collecting, so Pokemon can reprint things, but it's mostly collectible. So they can they can have more medium priced products rather than one super expensive product like Magic, but yeah, Magic's got some some other problems going on like going against their values or what they said their values were you know years back when magic was actually good but yeah yeah definitely see the change i feel like pokemon's figuring it out i think we will see even more expensive products i guarantee you we're going to see several thousand dollar items because we mentioned as our as our demographic grows with the, with their income and their buying power where we should see the hobby de- develop with it, and that includes Pokemon. Yeah, and I think that's why, like, they're gonna grow with us, and that's you know that's what people want. Bring it on! If it's too much or you're priced out, then you know that that's it. There's boxes of sports cards that are like a thousand dollars a box because they're premium products and stuff like that. And a lot of times you got to pay extra because people use bots to buy out Top's website. Yeah. So you got to either buy. That's why most people just buy singles. People have just learned just don't worry about it. People try to make money, but like it's so hard to try to make money in that. It's just better just to buy singles. Yeah. But yeah, they got a long way to go to be magic, though. But I see what you what you mean by seeing the changes. Yeah. yeah I'm I'm just saying if I buy it, it's to make money. This 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 set, and I'm not even sure if it's worth the the, the trouble because. I just can't imagine they're not going to make this widely available. It's just counterintuitive to everything Pokemon has done about the availability of their items, especially some that they sh- featured on Pokemon Presents. So I just feel like, I, I don't know, I, I would just, I don't know if there's going to be money to be made here, but we'll see. There, oh, there will be in grading for sure, but it's like, if I'm going to buy the product though, I kind of just want to keep it and play with it. <laughs> You know, just use it for mm-hmm. what it's meant to be used for. But, all right, I guess that'll pretty much do it, though, for the episode. If uh, you guys have any suggestions on future episodes, let us know. Um, might look at getting some guests here soon to spice things up a little bit. Yeah, that'd be, that'd be pretty cool. We've I know we've talked about it with a few potential people, and we would love to be able to start developing that aspect of the show starts where it's not just topical base with with just myself and nathan so yeah Yeah, and we're getting to the point now we're just like random conversation like at some point like we've mentioned a lot of things but you know the people who are still listening to us you know i'd like to think they just enjoy listening to whatever pokemon content there is Mm-hmm. So, Something that isn't screaming at you, opening backs. Yeah. So. Pull right now. Look at how about your polls, bro. 
Okay. Yeah, <laughs> little little too overhyped, but but you see that in my YouTube videos too. I don't really get all crazy. Do you have your mouth open for that? Uh, for those quote unquote the uh, algorithm. <laughs> Gotta get those thumbnails. <laughs> I was watching a video on that, and like showing all the details of that, and it is kind of sad how much you know, goes into that because really, if you think about it, the biggest factor on YouTube to get people to watch your video is the thumbnail and just getting people to click like that is step one. So it really, I don't know, it's really annoying that that's become the culture. Like you have to do that just to get noticed because that's what, you know, filthy casual people do to click on video they're like oh he looks really excited click you know well that's, that's, <laughs> you gotta have that, that clickbait headline to get people you know yeah. to, to respond so but yep that's step one and then like every 10 seconds of your video you have to like give them a reason to watch the next 10 seconds so it's like a continuous 10 second loop of stay on my video <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's very annoying, and I've kind of become a little numb to it, but I've also just stopped watching a lot of that. But, anyway, yeah. let us know what you all think, and we'll catch you in the next one.